welcome, welcome, welcome back everyone to another episode here on the Pace Place Podcast. And today is Sermon Sundays. All right, so let's go ahead and get right into it. So today's sermon, I definitely want to come from the book of Philippians. And so I know we've been in Philippians a lot, but I love this book and it's so, so interesting just to read. And so we're coming from Philippians chapter two today, verses 14 to 18. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it. And this is in the King James version. So I decided to use the King James version for this sermon today because it was just hitting me. Okay. I was getting all kinds of ideas and um, flows that was coming from just reading it in the King James version. And so it reads Philippians chapter two, verse 14 to 18. Do all things without murmuring and disputing that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among who ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yes, if I be offered unto the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. For the same cause also do ye joy and rejoice with me. Okay, so that was Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 18, uh, once again. And that is just amazing at just what Paul is really telling the church of Philippi here. So if we would look back into the first chapter, we know that Paul is in prison. Okay, and he is about to be sent back to Rome. So before he is sent back, he's not really knowing what's going to happen to him. He doesn't really know what's going to really go down when he gets to Rome, but he kind of has an idea that this will be the last time that he will speak to the church of Philippi. He kind of has an idea that he might be put to death. And so I find it so amazing that when we get to chapter two, he starts to tell them, do all things without complaining, okay, murmuring and disrupting. And I find it to be amazing because anybody that's in prison, anybody that is almost certain that they're going to be put to death would have all the necessary ammunition they need to be in a place of complaining. And so the fact that he's even writing this letter, reminding the church of Philippi, don't complain. Don't be disputing. Okay. So that you may be blameless. I find this to be so amazing. And there is a good idea of dispute among the churches, right? Like if we go to church today, um, you know, people like to complain and people like to commiserate with one another. 
They can bond over a situation where something is not going right. Okay. Um, and so I find this to be so amazing that even now in his chains, okay, he's saying, don't complain. And in the complaining, that's in their attitude towards God and also the attitude towards one another. And I love the fact that Paul specifically uses the terms that were used to describe the complaining toward God during the exodus of the children of Israel. When they got in the wilderness, they were complaining, they were murmuring, okay, about every little thing. They complained about wanting water. They complained about wanting food. They complained about the leadership that was set up by God through Moses and the other elders that were in the wilderness with them. They complained about everything. God gave them water. He gave them manna. Then they complained about the manna. So he gave them quail. And then they ended up getting poisoned because of their gluttony. They complained about everything during their time in the wilderness. So it's probably best to see the complaining and disrupting as including their attitude towards God. And when we look at our attitude towards God, we should never murmur about the providence of God. We should never murmur about one another. And we should never murmur or complain about the ungodly world. And when I find to myself complaining, you know, because we, we all do it every once in a while, right? We we all have something that's like, uh, you know, I just can't believe this is happening today or, you know, whatever we have going on. But when we really do that, as we are saying we are believers, okay, we one, we question the wisdom of God. Because all the things that we go through, God has a specific plan over our lives and he already knows exactly what it is that we are going through so even when the trials come because the word of God tells us that the trials will come it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when we should count it all joy and so Paul is basically saying don't complain because when you complain, you're questioning God's wisdom. You're questioning God's character. And then you're questioning God's sovereignty. And when we really look at it like that, we should not grumble. I, um, I actually love the fact that some versions say grumble. <laughs> and so when we think about grumbling, murmuring, complaining, it's all speaking to the same thing and it all falls the emphasis falls on the words all things so whether we're you know at church whether we're at work whether we're at home the kids are getting on the nerves the husband is being aggravating you know your friends just can't cooperate this week whatever it is all things do not complain 
Do not murmur. Do not grumble. Okay. I find that to just be so amazing. And just how in disputing things, okay, we we never want to get into a dispute with God. We should let God do what seems right or good to God because he knows all things. He's sovereign in that way. And I absolutely love that. And it goes into that we may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault. That means that there should not be any negativity attached to our names as believers in Christ through the display of a non-complaining spirit that lies within us. We show ourselves to be true followers of God. We show ourselves to be blameless and harmless. And the harmless is a thought of being pure. But it also is translated as justified. And then it throws me into Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. And it's the same word that is used, okay? And it says, behold, I send you forth as sheep. In the midst of wolves, be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Do you see the word harmless? I I absolutely love that. And it's at the fact that it's like, be blameless and harmless, the apostle is saying. Okay. And the harmless is, it, it makes me think about, a friend of mine's how he would say the porcupine put your quills down <laughs> and don't put your quills up because when you when you have your quills up then you are harmful to other people as you walk past you raise the risk of poking somebody so put your quills down Okay, and I absolutely love that. And just at the fact that Matthew in chapter 10, he says, like sheep, as in we are to be creatures, not only that we do no harm, but cannot do any harm like the sheep that not only will not devour, but they cannot devour. It is in contrary to their nature because they have no teeth which to bite. They have no fangs which to sting and they have no poison that can kill. And I absolutely love it when we kind of look at it in that sense. In the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, we are to be creatures that cannot even be harmful. So in being blameless and being harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, okay, without fault, meaning when people look at us, when people talk to us in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation, in this crooked and perverse world, there should not be 
any negativity attached to our appearance, to our name, or to our very being as believers. And I I absolutely love the fact that it says crooked and perverse. And when I think about it, it it refers back to Deuteronomy in um, chapter 32, where Moses is saying they have corrupted themselves. They are not his children because of their blemish, a perverse and crooked generation. And I, I, man, that's so good because the word crooked actually means in the Greek actually says scolios and scolios is actually where we get the name scoliosis, you know, the, the crookedness of your spine that does not allow your, uh, your, your back to grow upright and properly in line. And so when I think about that crookedness and just how this is how Paul and God is really explaining the generation that we live in, we should not be like the rebellious Israel who were constantly complaining and disputing with God during their wilderness journey. We are to be the light of the world. And I I absolutely love the fact that he goes into among whom ye shall shine as lights in the world. That's so amazing because when we think about the world that we live in, yes, it is a dark world. And this scripture is not encouraging us to be the lights. It's not encouraging us to do something. It is simply stating fact. Christians are the light in the world. The only question about it is how brightly do you want to shine? Not lights merely, but luminaries, heavenly bodies. Okay, when we think about the light, Jesus says that I am the light of the world. And as long as we're abiding in Christ, we too are to go forth as lights and shine. Okay, we are to fulfill our place as lights in the world. And when we think about the light of the world, lights are used to make things evident. You know how they say what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. Okay, (laughs) lights are used to guide. So that we can know which way we're going in the darkness. Lights are used as warnings. Okay. And it it reminds me of those people who would bike at night and they would have lights on their bikes so that they can warn people that they're on the road so that people won't run them over. Lights are used to bring cheer. That's amazing. And lights are used to make things safe. It's absolutely amazing when we think about being the light, shining our lights. Paul knew that the lights were in a bad place as he's writing to the Philippians. But instead of excusing the lights from shining, 
he's basically saying, even in the position that you're in, it makes it more important that you shine. Being in a dark place is a greater incentive to shine. To illuminate the area that you are in. That is so amazing. When we really can think about the word of God, holding forth the word of life in our lives and shining that light. So as we're holding the word of life forth, other people can easily grasp the word. I find that to be so amazing. That we can hold it forth and walk in this dark and perverse and crooked world as the light bearers who Christ have called us to be so that we may rejoice in the day of Christ. The idea that Paul's work might somehow end up in vain was a troublesome thought for him. He knew that his work really abided in people so that if those people did not continue on strong with the Lord, there was a sense in which his own ministry was in vain. And he says it right here that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. He wants to reassure them to continue to walk in the light, continue to hold forth the word of life, continue to rejoice in the day of Christ, that their work will not be in vain because they will continue strong with the Lord. I find that to be so amazing. So amazing. This is really a true heart of a shepherd. Okay. To not be content with one's own relationship with God, but also longing to see others walking with the Lord. Paul is so amazing. And just the way that he he just walks with God and he just does his journey is all oh, it's just it gives me so much encouragement to continue the race to continue to push forth then he goes into being poured out as a drink offering like oh man this this is so amazing and the fact that the people in this time would have known exactly what Paul is talking about because it's a custom tradition in their sacrifices that they will pour out on the sacrifice, either wine or water, okay? And then that made me remember how on the mount, when Elijah was doing the sacrifice with the Baal prophets, okay, when it was Elijah's turn to do his sacrifice, he poured water all on the offering and around the offering, okay, around the, the, the altar. And he prayed and the consuming fire came down and the word actually said it licked up every drop of water. I find that to be so amazing. 
that they often poured wine or water on the sacrifices to bring up that that uh steam okay that would rise up from from pouring something on a burning offering on something that's already burning up it's amazing when we look at the word and how Paul is saying that he is poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service for your faith. He's saying he's pouring out on the sacrifice for the church of Philippi's faith. How amazing is that? With this, Paul indicated the possibility of his execution and how imminent it may be that he's going to pour out himself on the sacrifice of their faith to keep them striving with the Lord. It is to be of a service to God or to be of a service to the cause of God so amazing amazing the sacrifice and the service were connected with the faith of the philippians it is best to see this picture that paul is describing is of them as the priests okay him being the priest of their faith as the sacrifice to which Paul add. Okay. He added himself as a drink offering. Amazing. Are we willing to really put our faith to the test that others faith may be strengthened in the Lord? Are we really ready to count it all joy in the midst of the trials and tribulations so that other people's faith may stand strong in the Lord? Are we willing to be glad and to rejoice knowing that whether we die or we live, that we will gain our reward either way? It's amazing. It is amazing. Paul is calling the Philippians to be glad and to rejoice. Not to be depressed, okay? Not to be worried about him because he's in prison, okay? He's going back to Rome. He does not know what is going to happen to him. In this time, Christians are being persecuted. He used to be the one who persecutes them. Paul's life was going to be a sacrifice for Jesus Christ, either in life or in death. And this was a source of gladness and of joy for Paul. And he wants the Philippians to adopt the same attitude. He wants us as the readers today to adopt the same attitude. 
for our lives to be living sacrifices for our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, we come to the consistent theme in the book of Philippians, which is joy. To be joyful, to count it all joy. (laughs) But this is joy based not on circumstances. It's quite opposite, really. It is based in the fact of a life totally committed to Christ Jesus. Totally committed to what he has called us to do. Totally committed to being the light, to rendering that light in this dark world. This world has a moral sense that the original chaos is an is a natural sense. It's something normal. But it's not. It's actually covered with darkness. Okay? The darkness of ignorance, the darkness of unbelief, and it has spread itself over the far and great parts of the entire world. And we, being children of God, being sons of God, being adopted into sonship, are to be the light bearers of the darkness. Our works are not works of darkness. Our works are works to illuminate what is being or what is trying to be hid in the darkness. The saints are the lights of the world. We are, okay, the light. We were once in darkness ourselves, but now we are made lights in the Lord and by the Lord. And we are not simply called to be the light. We are the light. It's a simple statement. We are called into his marvelous light and we are filled with light spiritually that it then may shine outwardly. I absolutely love that. The sun of righteousness. It it shows forth to others. And we can show that light holding forth the word of life, holding forth the character of God, holding forth the wisdom of God by not complaining, not grumbling, but knowing that we don't have to grumble because we are God's children. We don't have to grumble because it weakens our light. We be grateful and don't grumble. Amazing. Don't complain, but in all things, count it all joy. Because we know who we have and not what we have. Because who we have on our side is the Lord, our Savior, Jesus 
Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your zeal show for God. Let your sincerity show for God. Let your faithfulness show your integrity, your courage, your diligence, your discipline. Let it all show and honor Christ Jesus by the things we say, by how we act, by the things that we do. Let it all show the works that we do. Let it all show in honoring Christ Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, who is not encouraging us to be lights, but telling us that we are the light. So, with the scriptures today, we can count on the fact that we don't have to be like the rebellious Israelites. We can be blameless and we can be harmless by living a life without complaining, without disputing the things of God, by living a life that is clothed in the righteousness, by being washed in his blood by living a life that is worthy and pleasing to our Lord and our Savior. Being without blame or without blaming others. Some are so unhappy in their dispositions and conduct that they always find fault in others. They always are blaming other people. They always are concerned with what other people are doing. We are to live a life dedicated to the Lord. Live a life that is directed toward God. Live life justified, finding our place in Christ and knowing that we all play a part, that we have nothing to complain about. We have nothing to murmur about because God's wisdom, God's plan for our lives is good. God's character is good. God's sovereignty is good. We are sons of God. We are adopted into sonship with God. We have nothing to really complain about. When we look at our lives here, it could always be so much worse. 
but the fact that we have the spirit of God within us to really lead us into all truth, lead us into the way that we should go, knowing that we are partakers of the divine nature of Christ by being a follower of Christ. It's absolutely amazing in just how we can obey the spirit. Enter into godly conversation with the spirit, yielding a ready and cheerful obedience to God's will without complaining, without murmuring, without disputing. How we can really live a life holy for Christ. It is amazing. And so I wanted to give you all that today and just for us to really understand that even in the midst of this world that we are living in, even in the midst of the darkness, that we are called to be that light. We are called to shine that light in the midst of the filth, in the midst, in the midst of the, the wickedness, in the midst of the sin that is all around us. We are not to conform to this world, but the spaces and places that we walk into, that we tread upon will conform to the God that is in us. It will conform to God's will because we have conformed to God's will and because we choose to portray the will of God through the gospel of Christ and therefore being the saint and the light of the world by our moral sense of character, which is God's character that is abiding in us, that is constantly tweaking our will so that then we can walk as those living epistles to be who God has called us to be. Holding forth the word of life to all men who's ready and willing to reach out and, and grab hold. Being that light that cannot be hid. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Allow our lights to be that city set upon that hill that the whole world may see. Everywhere that we go, they may see us shine and shine bright and just wonder and want to know, what is it about you? And then we have that opportunity to hold forth that word of life in somebody else's life. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us out. Most gracious and heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this word today. We thank you for your word, Lord God. We thank you for everything that has been poured out in the podcast today, Lord God. And we just continue to praise you and honor you.
As we go forth throughout the rest of this day, Lord God, we ask you to continue to allow our lights to shine, Lord God. Even in the midst of the places where we are walking upon, Lord God, that may seem dark, Lord God, allow us the confidence that we need, Lord God, in you, in your will and in your way, in your wisdom, in your character, in your plan for us, Lord God. Allow us the confidence that we need to continue to shine bright. To be the light that you have called us to be, Lord God. To be the light that you told us that we are. We thank you, Lord God, that your word is always there for us. In any situation that we may find ourselves in, we can turn to scripture and find our way out to find you in the midst. And we just thank you. We thank you for your sovereignty. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you that you love us. As we go forth on this journey today, Lord God, we just ask that you increase our territories, Lord God. Allow us the opportunities to shine forth the light that you have placed inside of us, to hold forth your word, Lord God. Allow us to understand that we can count all things joy when the trials and tribulations come upon our lives, Lord God. We can hold fast to your word, Lord God. We can know that you are our comforter. We can know that your plan over our lives is for our good. Allow us the opportunities to learn, Lord God. Allow our minds to continue to elevate in the high calling, in ascending higher and higher to the Christ-like consciousness, Lord God, so that we may walk this earth to be blameless and harmless. And we ask you, Lord, in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you all for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast. I am your host, Latrell Pace, and I will catch you all later. You guys go out, have a beautiful day, and be awesome people. And remember, God loves you, and God be with you all.